0: I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... And you want to say something? Sure. My little screen didn't change.
1: So welcome to another episode of Pillars of Franchising. Today we will interview Jeff, Jeff Tomashevsky with Max Strength, where they work harder, not smarter. That sounds like my kind of workout. But first, let's chat with Karen about Word on the Street. Hey, Karen. Hey. Kristen, how, are how are you today? Doing?
2: I'm very good.
1: Good. So while well, video is waiting to catch up with us, Let's talk about what's going on
2: in the news. How about it? Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, just a fascinating story of uh, the past couple of weeks. And it's about Papa John's. They've been in the news. And uh, this is about I mean, Subway. Th- this is true. This is true. We had that a lot, didn't we? And, and this is this is interesting. You know, Papa John's, I think over the past probably six months to a year, they've really had a back-to-better, like 2.0 strategy. And right. With, you know, work with franchisees. Without, they were all about how do we how do we drive our sales, how, do we, how are we more profitable at the franchise level, how do we grow? Yeah. And so one of the things they did was, you and I were talking about this earlier today, it's just, I don't think I would have ever thought about this. Who would have thought? Yeah. So they've actually lowered the required marketing expenditure from 8% to 6%.
1: Unheard of. Right. Most of us get marketing spend increases, not decreases.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, how, how it worked before is they had like an 8 percent, what was 5 percent national spend. And then each franchisee had to do the 3 percent local spend. Uh huh. So they're doing it like, nope, we don't we're not going to require you to do that local spend. And then, you know, it's the requirement is to have a 6 percent national spend. OK. And, and this is approved by franchisees. So this is all huh. they're going to land. It wasn't shoved down their throats. I mean, this is really part of the transformation. I found it fascinating. Well, it is because, you know, you and I were chatting before the show
1: about this. And the thing that, you know, I think it's easy to look like a hero franchisor when you say we're going to make you more profitable by cutting your spend. Now, the fine balance happens to be can they cut the spend without impacting market share, right? right? And can they It's almost like it can't be cut and dried for everybody because if you're opening a a store in a market that maybe doesn't have Papa John's, you know, some of these remote places like where I used to live, um, you have to have some local spend. But the flip side I find is just like Ray and I had with our Molly made businesses. When you do local spend, a lot of it used to be in print. Well, think about shared mail, your money mailer, all the valve packs, right? used we used to say well people open those when they're looking for pizza coupons
2: absolutely well
1: maybe today they're not looking there for pizza coupons maybe they're also looking at, like
2: everybody else does online agree agree and and what i found interesting you know you mentioned uh the, the, the new they've mm-hmm. also added a caveat in this where for new franchisees or if you open into like a, a new market because yeah. they are looking for people to actually go into some of those untapped markets yeah, I think it's like five. So the first five years of operations, these franchisees do not have to uh, have to actually uh, contribute to the fund, the marketing fund. And
3: mm-hmm. I think
2: that's because you know, you talked about it. Because if you are in a new market, you are going to have to do some yeah. marketing spend. You know, which you're you're, you're <laughs> right, if you're established, not not so much. Yeah, I found that interesting where they really took a look at that and for for the growth. You know, because if you think about it, that that profitability. This year's it's really important and you need to continue to contribute those local marketing dollars. Yeah. And I thought that was fascinating mm. as well. Yeah. I would
1: really love to hear from a Papa John's owner or somebody who's had something like this happen before. I mean, the great thing is Papa John is pretty much a national restaurant chain, been around for a long time. Right. So uh, they may be hard pressed finding somebody who doesn't know who they are or hasn't seen their pizza commercial on a football yeah. game or whatever, right? <laughs> True, um, but it it does still concern me because I would think that there still has to be some kind of a community tie, community involvement, right? And I guess it varies depending on the type of business you have. The guests we're going to be talking to today, you know, to me is a very community-centric um,
2: type of business where maybe pizza just isn't exactly the pizza, right? Yeah, yeah. And the other concerns so you have that so you've got the the, 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 the community. Another concern of mine is, well, then how can you how can you be reassured that they're going to spend those national dollars? So hopefully yeah. they, they have some kind of a committee or maybe it's the franchise committee. You know, I don't know how that's structured. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I want to know where my marketing dollars are, are being spent. So sure. even if I'm contributing to a national campaign, mm-hmm. you know, it's still going to affect my, my business. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: we've seen some uh, marketing campaigns in the past that well, they are national campaigns, Well, corporate has sent them out, maybe they weren't quite as successful. So I think it's important that the franchisor share not only where those dollars are going, but the impact of those dollars. You know, are they um, call to action types of campaigns? And are they, you know, who knows? Are they going to Twitter? Are they going to TikTok? Are they going, we just don't know. And I, hopefully the franchisees do and they understand the market share and uh, what that's what that's going to look like in terms of growing sales. The worst thing I think that could happen out of this is they cut that marketing spend and then we see their sales plummet.
2: I know. So, and
1: I have to say, Karen, because we're both from Chicago, my comment to say a pizza is a pizza is a pizza. You know we're going to get some <laughs> we're going to get some grief for that because we know that a Papa John's pizza does not play on the same platform as a Lou Malnati's. Exactly. And right?
2: it's but it's different markets. So it's great it we can have all these pizza franchises and chains because yeah, they they appeal to different markets. Yeah, Papa John's was my college pizza, five bucks for a cheese pizza, right? Everyone's scram- scrambling
1: for pennies and nickels, whatever yeah. we had to do to make a pizza, but still good quality. I wish all the franchisees out there the best with this new uh, way of doing business and marketing. Love the creativity and yeah. the innovation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And then we'll be right back as we bring our guest in. Oh,
3: wow. Well,
1: look at who popped up. I'm here. Well, Ray, pizza. where you been?
4: Uh, that means I'm not there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, I think that you heard us talking about pizza.
4: Yes. And I got hungry. Running. Yeah, I decided to just pop in. Yep. Yeah. Yes, I just got back from Florida. So, nice. and it's interesting, you know, people are moving to Florida because it's supposed to be warmer. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the 40s. And in, in some cases, it got down to 31 degrees
1: wow really yeah okay and here's the funny
3: thing. real <laughs> yeah. estate
1: real estate prices are going up right so i have to tell you i'd be really ticked off if i paid top dollar to move to florida and then i get the same weather as i have in the midwest yeah, yeah. like that's totally a dip job i don't i don't get that but <laughs> so what can you tell us did you did you do any cool stuff i mean your retired life of franchising it seems to be pretty fruitful so far
4: he, I am Well, I've been hanging around with uh, good friends and belong to a couple of uh, RV clubs, nice. and uh, we've been meeting up uh, all across, in this case, all across Florida and Georgia as well, southern Georgia along the, the coast there. So uh, it, it's fun to get together with friends. Uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to describe it, but it's, 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 we have so many friends across the entire U.S. and actually across the world now. But uh, it's it's just fun getting together and rehashing old times that we've had
3: together and and
1: if if people are wondering like well how in the heck did you get there right like how did you get to this point I mean you kind of retired how many years into your franchise
4: um, probably all right so I think you could say we officially retired uh, when I bought my first RV in 2017 okay. uh, and then, uh, so at that time it was more of a, like, hard time traveling and, uh, when COVID hit, uh, it was ideal to stay away from other people, <laughs> so when you're in your RV, you're pretty much away from uh, a lot of people, but, uh, we didn't adhere to that when we got together.
1: <laughs> right.
4: Yeah, I right. know, it was difficult. Well, uh, we're
1: so glad to see you, and I think at 2017 put you at about 15 years or so. Is that approximately yeah, yeah, right before yeah. you got to say?
4: Yeah, and I, I'm I'm extremely blessed. I I have my son who's uh, in in the business now, so he pretty much mm-hmm. watches over everything. And and um, as an example, today we had t- two meetings with uh, with insurers, <laughs> which is always. Uh, yeah uh, interesting, uh, but uh yeah uh he's pretty much taken over the business.
1: That's awesome. So, for those of you uh looking to own a service business, be sure on your break even analysis and cash flow statements that you include the not so comfortable price of insurance
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Ray, thank you for sharing your journey with us. I'm glad to see that you're still enjoying your retirement, all yeah. on behalf of your hardworking son over there at Molinggate of Aurora.
4: Yes, uh, yeah, he's doing a great job too. So uh, actually, it's not just him. I have a great group of managers uh, who are doing a fantastic job. They they run it like it's theirs, and that's exactly, exactly what I want.
1: There's the culture you talk about all the time?
4: Yep, absolutely.
3: Yep.
1: Hey, franchise
3: go. owners, how is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at Westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or Westvine with a Y dot
1: and welcome back to of Franchising. With us today, as promised, is Jeff Tomaszewski with Max Strength Fitness Franchise. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks so much. So can you tell us a little bit about the brand story of Max Strength and where you are today with your uh, number of franchises and stuff?
0: So? Sure. You know, So we do one-on-one personal training, and it's very specialized and very different than traditional training. I'll talk more about that in a minute. My background though is physical therapy and sports medicine. I grew up and graduated as an athletic trainer and a strength coach. And I thought my passion was to become a physical therapist. And I worked in a physical therapy clinic shortly thereafter college. But the problem was after patients get insurance limitations, they get eight or nine visits and then all of a sudden they're cut off and they're left to go do anything on their own with a home program. Well, as we all know, most people are non-compliant with that. Right. I got just hammered with the industry, and I said, there's got to be a better way. When I was working in physical therapy, a, a colleague of mine uh, stumbled upon a strength training protocol that we actually started implementing with our patients at that time. And so what we call it is a high-intensity, low-force, or a constant tension protocol. And that's from Bolt's perspective. We lift the weights at about 8 to 10 seconds, and we lower them at that speed. We want tension on the muscle the entire time. It robs the body momentum. It takes all the stress off the joints. So it's efficient, effective, but most importantly, it's safe. So our workouts are total body in, out, back to your busy day, 20 minutes, twice a week without breaking a sweat. And that's important because we keep our temperatures controlled at about uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit inside of our studios. And We keep the temperature controlled because we want to keep the body as efficient as possible. So as you start to work out, your body produces Mm -hmm. internal heat. We want to get rid of that heat really quick. So just like your car, if it overheats, it doesn't run as well. It's a mechanical process. So we keep the body cool by keeping the temperature cool, and we have fans throughout the facility to dissipate heat. Now, the bonus, our clients can literally come in, train. They can wear whatever they want. Most of them just wear street clothes, business clothes, in out back to their busy day. They don't have to worry about showering or grooming. We don't even have shower facilities on site. So it's one set of fatigue, total body workout, 20 minutes, back to your busy day.
2: I love it. Nice and nice in, out, convenient, and Mm -hmm. and results.
0: Yeah. It's all about quality of exercise. So, you know, all the research will show that it's the quality or the intensity of the exercise that dictates change in the body. It's not necessarily the volume or frequency. So I'm always asking the question, what's the least amount of time I can spend exercising and get my biggest ROI, if you will, my biggest bang for my buck, my return on investment? Mm -hmm. And we tailor to typically 45 to 15 above. So we're, we're looking for people who have built their wealth, but kind of let their health suffer, or they don't want to go to a traditional gym setting, and that's where we come in. Where we're kind of the anti-gym. I mean, this is my uniform, shirt and tie, women blouse and slacks, so we dress professional, act professional. We don't compete on price. You know, we're a very high-end model. Um, and that's why when I started, when I first started business almost 20 years ago, the first business book I ever read was The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's all about creating systems and processes in your business as if you're going to franchise it, even if you yes. don't ever do it. Because what that gives you is freedom to run a business and not only job, which that's a lot right. of technicians come in when they open a business. They're really good at the skill and the craft, but they don't have any business acumen. Like yes. me, I mean, okay. I have not any, No formal business training whatsoever. I really shouldn't even be where I'm at today. But with hard work, tenacity, and resiliency, here we are.
2: Okay. I'd like to know what gave you the franchising bug then? Mm-hmm. Because
0: well, you started it started
2: out probably with, with one location, right? Yeah, right? I
0: started out with one location. I actually had a business partner, him and I, we both came from physical therapy, and we took some of our patients with us and it was, you know, started with this practice. You know, I've always wanted to help as many people as I can. I I firmly believe God's mission for me on this earth is to help people become the strongest versions of themselves without wasting time. And so I'm only one person. So I knew I wanted to grow an army of what we call life transformers. That's what we call our personal trainers, because we truly do transform your life in only 20 minutes twice a week. So I always had the end in mind about wanting to grow a business. I didn't know if I would just grow, you know, in independently owned corporate owned studios, which I have three now, but I figured a better way to do that is, is, is the launch a franchise. Because also, I've been coaching and mentoring people along the way for the last 20 years. And franchising, to me, as a franchisor, is a great extension of coaching, of mentoring. So I want to take entrepreneurs who've got that bug or that want to own their own business, but also want to get in a fitness space and to make a profound impact in their community. Because that's what we do day in and day out. And that's the beauty of our model is that you can have an executive model where you can come in with no fitness background whatsoever. We'll hire a general manager with you, we'll train that general manager and all the trainers underneath. And then you as the business owner just inspect what you expect from the business perspective, drive the marketing, drive the leadership, make sure your team shows up, make sure you're driving the vision of the of in you know keeping track of the KPIs. But you really can just be an executive owner from that model.
1: Wow, that's awesome. So that leads me to um wonder what is then kind of the ideal candidate that you're looking for? Clearly somebody who is probably community oriented, but what other skill sets are you looking for?
0: Yeah, I mean, for us, our our ideal prospect is, again, somebody who's been in corporate America and maybe wants to get out of corporate America and have their own entrepreneurial journey. Or they've owned businesses in the past and they want to get in the fitness space. Um, So somebody with some acumen as far as business is a bonus for us. Because I can teach them, again, the technical skills, um, but if they have that business background, that's just going to help us to excel them you know, in our systems and processes.
2: Do you do, um,
1: when you look, at, are you guys by territory? How, how do you do that? Because I would have mm-hmm. to get you have to look at some demographics for placement of
0: your- Yeah, people. yeah, we have, we have software that helps us just really dial in and make sure that we get the right ideal space. So we're looking at about a 40,000 population within a two to three mile radius for our territories. And so that's how we'll map out our territories and then protect them for our franchisees. Mm-hmm.
2: So would this be – then you're probably going to need brick and mortar, what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. right? You're going to yeah. need you know, the locations. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about, like, investment, sure. the, the investments to get into Yeah.
0: That. So our initial fee is forty dollars uh, That's what it is currently as of today. It might go up down the road. But that being said, our initial um, investment is between $260,000 to 500000 now, the majority of that investment is going to be your build out. And, you know, you could, in Chicago, it's going to be a lot higher than it is in Cleveland as opposed to some other city. And, or you might find a space that needs very little build out. So it, the build out can range anywhere between, you know, 100,000 up to 300,000. So that's that's quite the wide range. Mm-hmm. Our equipment's going to be around 100,000, 110,000. So that's another big chunk of that. But that stuff will last you forever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's those are the two big components as far as the investment goes.
1: So being that you're micro-emerging, can you tell me a little bit about the history that you've had in running your three corporate gyms? How long have they been there? What have you learned along the way to make it better as you franchise?
0: Yeah, so my my oldest studio is – it will be 17 years here in May. So I've been been doing this quite a while. And then my second oldest studio will be seven years here in May. And then we just opened up a third corporate studio last year in October. Um, wow. And we just sold our first franchisee last year in May, and we'll be opening up here next week, actually, in Niceville, Florida, so in the Panhandle near Destin. Okay. She bought a two-pack, so she'll open up Niceville first, and then she'll go into Destin. We just had a confirmation day yesterday with a group out of Texas, so hopefully we can award them soon. And we've got a lot in the pipeline, so we're really looking at trying to build this, as as not as quickly as we can, because I want to make sure that we grow it right. But, yeah. you know, I'm... I have high expectations and high high goals um, because, again, I'm one person, and I wanted to help as many people as we can.
1: Well, I think the good thing about, you know, we talk to emerging brands all the time. What I really enjoy about that is, first of all, we can certainly get the passion and purpose behind what you've done, you know, to get to this point. But um, I think I think the, yeah. the one thing I'd really think like to know about is what culture are you building with your new franchisees?
0: Yeah, culture is huge for us. You know, that's how I hire in my internal, with my with my team at Max Strength Fitness Corporate. We hire by our culture. We fire by our culture. We re, re, reevaluate by our culture. So our core values are, are tried and proven throughout our system and time and time again. So one of our core values is Kaizen, constant steady improvement. We're always trying to grow trying to learn, right? Over-deliver, give more value to a client than they give us in payment. And our average client's going to pay us around $480 per month. So we always need to show up and surprise and delight and do things that's unexpected of us for them. Um, Personal professional responsibility, um, efficient, effective, and safe. That's our whole protocol. So we have our core values in place, and that's what we instill with our franchisees moving forward, live and breathe and eat those core values. And as long as everything we do resonates with them, we're going to have a successful culture within the business and a great place for people to work.
2: Love it. Love it. It's it's, it's so key, and I love it that you've – it seems like you really – you're not even just talking about it. You've designed you've designed a system around it,
3: mm-hmm. and yeah.
2: even just been very intentional on on who you hire to mm-hmm. help support the franchisees as well.
0: Yeah, we we so, can you know we can teach the technical aspects for our my trainers too. I you know the soft skills and how to be polite and how to be nice and how to smile. Those are things that you want in, inherently already into a person, and so bringing them in.
2: You know, question that we get a lot, a lot of people are looking at when they're trying to buy a franchise is the support, and you kind of alluded to some of the support that you give franchisees, mm-hmm. but a key one that we talked about even when we were talking just earlier, um, it, it's it's the whole marketing. Tell me a little bit more about the, the marketing support that you provide to, to, to new franchisees.
0: Really yeah, my, my Director of Franchise Development, Colleen, yesterday actually said in our confirmation day, if I wasn't an entrepreneur business owner, I probably wouldn't want into marketing, and she's <laughs> right, because I love marketing. I love how to attract the ideal prospect and repel the wrong ones. So, you know, when you market to everybody, you market to nobody. And so we're very specific and niched on who we target to, and our demographic's 50 and above. It's. People who have built their wealth let their health suffer. It's C-suite executives, male and female. Um, you know, and we have super moms, super dads. You take both of those groups, then and retire them. We have a lot of boomers. We've got a 98 year old who's a client of ours. Love it. So, but we we know exactly who we're going after and who we're not. So we craft all of our marketing and we create. Um, success stories within our clientele and we make them the hero. We're just the guide along the way. So any of our marketing is going to always feature a success story from our client with all of within our different demographics so that eventually a prospect might see somebody and say, oh, she's just like I am or I want or She's, you know, she was where I am now and she's gotten great success. If it works for her,
3: it can work for me.
1: Yeah. I think one of the cool benefits, if I understand this model correctly, is that it does have recurring revenue, right? So- yeah. You're a membership-based, is that yeah, right? Yeah,
0: so we're membership-based, ba- 6, 12, and 18 months. Most of our clients, 80, 80% of them will buy a 12-month package. And so if you've got a year to work with somebody and you can get them tremendous results in a fraction of the time they normally spend in the gym and yeah. they've developed that rapport and they know you, like you, and trust you, when it comes upon renewal, it's not a matter of renewing them. It's a matter of just a conversation. And right. our retention rate is extremely high. So we do have a recurring revenue model, which helps us pr- with our franchisees, from a predictability standpoint, with your cash flow and for right. your finances, right. And wow. we pay our trainers per the session once we get them up to a certain book of business, so that as the business grows, they grow as well. So there's a growth opportunity for them, and it's a career-based. Uh-huh. Most, you know, in, a, in the fitness industry, turnover is very high within their staff. Sure. Ours is not. We have a lot of longevity because we make this a career path, and we treat them exceptionally well. They treat our clients exceptionally well. And it's a you know that's how we retain and that's how we grow.
2: Okay, that's interesting because I have um, tried. I'm one of those junkies with with health stuff. I've tried probably just about name your competition. I've tried them, and I'm sure. now looking again. And one mm-hmm. one of my my constant, you would we'll call it beefs is that I I have a relationship with someone. They're uh, working with me, and sure. then they're like, oh, I'm leaving. Yeah. And then it just it's a revolving door. And finally, I'm like, no, stop. Yeah. That's part of it. It is a relationship piece with with the, with your clients
3: yeah
0: and you know that is a huge part of it so we do have you know and that's that's important because we don't have a lot of turnover so we don't have that issue but right. what we, we also do ensure what we call a team training standard it simply means the client might be on any one of our trainer schedules because we have a protocol in place that all of my trainers implement where a lot of gyms will just have trainers they'll hire them and say well you can program and do whatever you want from an exercise perspective. So Jimmy might be doing one thing and Jane's doing the other, and they're completely opposite. So that when we're, if one of my team's out on vacation, then we fill in for them, we just pick up right where they left off. Now, yes, people do gravitate to certain personalities and develop their rapport, and we'll honor that, and that's fine. Um, But when a trainer leaves me, I don't lose clients because I lost a trainer. Because those clients value the protocol and the results that they're getting. And as long as I fill them in with another great person, then, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't skip the beat. Which is
1: critical. So Mm -hmm. that's a good question since everybody in the world here seems to be struggling for help. (laughs) What, What do you look to hire? Because a lot of people getting into business say, well, you know, I don't have any HR experience. I don't really know how to go about doing these things. Can you tell us a little bit about who that ideal employee is?
0: Yeah, that's that's actually a benefit to the way that we do what we do because what our protocol is very unique and different, and it's not taught in traditional academia or any other the fitness institutes or certifications, so I don't necessarily look at their background as far as personal training or sports medicine or any of that. Again, we hire based on the culture. We hire based on the core values. I can teach them all the technical, technical aspects of how we do what we do. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong if they have some type of background in anatomy physiology or they have any experience in personal training that's a bonus but right. we have a whole online max strength fitness academy we do a lot of um on-site training with our franchisees they'll come to us for four to three to four days we go down to them once they open once they're pre-opening so it's a lot of hands-on but there's a lot of modules online there's videos there's scripts there's quizzes there's tests there's everything to make sure that they're up to speed but we can teach them the technical aspect Again, I want to hire somebody who's just passionate about helping somebody who loves to get results with clients and build that rapport that client. Is.
2: Love it. I mean, you're, you're wow. forward thinking there because how many how many companies, how small many small business people are like, no, if you don't have these skills, right. you don't have this. And you're looking at it like, nope, we're going to hire with culture and we're going to train the rest.
0: Well, it wasn't always that way. And I'll be honest, I, le- I learned from a lot of my failures. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, in, the, in yeah. the beginning, 20 years ago, we used to uh, try to hire on technical aspects and acumen. Sure. Where, like they have to know the protocol. They have to be a personal trainer. They have to do this. And then when we hired those people, they weren't really the best fit for our culture. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, well, this isn't right. We developed that culture, developed our core values, And then I was like, we have to hire by this. And that's how, that's how we evolved.
1: That's excellent. So, can you tell us about what is what are you seeing so far to be um, kind of the average unit volume and time for these people to really start making money? When they Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a big nut to invest, right?
0: Yeah. So, we're looking for people who, you know, if they want to own one unit, that's fine. But we're looking for multi-unit owners because that okay. really gives you the lifestyle, especially if you're coming out of corporate America and you want to replace that income. Or, uh, multiple studios are where it's at. So, our, from, the su- from the time we sign our FA, our franchise agreement, until opening, we're finding is about six to nine months. And to get okay. profitable is pretty fast. Within three to six months, we can absolutely be profitable because what we'll do is do a lot of front-loading in our marketing up until we open up so that we can open up with active amount of clients. Now, when we open up a new studio, we we'll typically start with two trainers, a manager and another trainer and then we only need 25 clients per trainer to become to come almost the full time. So as we add, you know, we get to 50, then we get to 75, add another trainer and get done and so forth. So we're yeah. growing the company with or the team, if you will, as we're growing the, the client base. And that's another great thing is that you don't have wasted payroll. So we don't right. have a lot of people just standing around doing nothing. As long as we can get that core group right away when we launch, we'll be, we'll be good moving forward.
1: Well, and the fact that you do career passing for them, mm-hmm. the fact that I could be working at a Walmart and have the you know best customer service and I have an opportunity to come on board and there's a place for me to move up, that's really important to people.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I, I think there aren't enough people who hire for personality and Agreed. for customer service. And I've always said, I think some of the best people to hire are people who've worked in retail or restaurants. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, they can absolutely. Be some of
1: the toughest jobs but they're all for you know client facing and
0: yeah it
1: can be really tough so
0: they have those soft skills and they have the work ethic because it, like you said those are hard jobs yeah and so if you can put a smile on your face and get screaming to yell at my client then you're doing pretty good absolutely
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. well I'm super excited so um, as you go through this journey right now do you have a, a the first target area or target market that you'd really like people to uh, invest in?
0: You know, right now we're 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 in all of these states um except for some of the registration states. We're not in Minnesota, Kentucky, um Maryland right now, uh, but we're almost in all the states that require registration as well. So we spent the last year going into and in, in qualifying for all of those states. We're deferred in California until later in the year, um, but we're open up in pretty much anywhere. So, you know, for me it's about finding the right fit, somebody who's passionate about helping people, who wants to run a fitness business. And make an impact in their community. And again, if they have that business acumen, then that's just going to help us expedite the entire process. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: okay. know, I, was, I was I was thinking about you know uh, just any obstacles for anyone that you know that's actually going to do this. Or are there obstacles like, for example, a lot of times it's like tighter lending guidelines or just anything that you're seeing that 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 could that could get in the way.
0: I mean, right, right now, the only obstacle is any issues with the supply chain for construction. Um, you know, so we were building out um, my studio here in Strongsville. We had a lighting delay. In Niceville, we had an HVAC spiral duct delay, you know, so those little things you can't anticipate, um, but most things are pretty much back into the stream, you know, being delivered on time in timely manner. So, right now, for us, it's not really – we haven't experienced anything so far, but we're in our infancy too.
2: Yeah, and we always talk That's- about that, don't we, Kristen? When we're talking about how to make sure that the franchisee, these things happen, mm-hmm. and making sure to have those conversations with them to be prepared.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And when it comes to funding, you know, a lot of people are a little skittish right now because of the interest rates. But the reality is, there are a lot of different ways that you can fund a business. And you know, because yours um, can certainly add up in terms of investment of where where they are. Like your example of Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that don't realize you can use your 401k to fund it. Key yeah. thing, right? Don't have a bankruptcy and have a good credit score because right. those open the doors to a lot of different opportunities. And we've worked with all kinds of different lenders from Trends to Fund My Franchise um, that have a, a myriad of options when it comes to funding. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um any last thoughts? Oh, I know what we need to get from you is what are the three areas of your FDD that you want to make sure everybody takes a look at?
0: Um, well, we, we talked about item seven, which is your initial investments, the 495 for the initial fee and then the range between 260 and, and 500. That's important, obviously, for people to understand so that they're well capitalized going into the venture. Um, the other thing I would say is our item 19. So our... Because we don't have franchisees to support in 2019, we use our corporate studios. Where in last year our corporate studios did 1.5 million combined, so around 700 to 800 thousand per unit, with a gross net margin of 28%. So we have some good margins in the business. So some of fitness businesses, you know, they're lower tier, they're lower price point. Ours is not. It's a higher end brand. It's a higher end model. It's a reoccurring revenue. Uh, Those are the main things I want people to understand when they're looking for the numbers through the FTD.
1: Okay, excellent. I usually advise people to when you have a micro emerging brand, one of the things you want to look at is not it because a, a lot of times item 19, are, you know, it's such a small pool that you're looking at. So sure. I often recommend that they take a look at the leadership team and the success that the leaders of the company have had in other models, in other businesses, because mm-hmm. that is a lot of times indicative of not only a culture, but I, I like to call it the winning culture, right? So yeah. if they've been successful in the past in growing a brand or growing a company, sure at least they've had experience in that so
3: yeah
1: you know i don't like to um put people or steer people away from emerging brands because i think it's great for some people but there are certainly others that you know need a more secure data-driven uh type of franchise to look at well I mean,
4: super...
0: everybody ahead. started at zero so you know yeah, we're just, we're just right. there now so that's right you know, yeah. we'll get it there
1: yeah i'm super excited i can't wait to see how you grow that's and uh, i think Thank you. I, I'm one of your best customers in that I pay for <clears throat> my lifetime membership and never go. So, <laughs>
0: that's what they hope. That's okay, what they hope. I because, know. no. Because if you show, if everybody showed up, they'd be out of business because they couldn't accommodate everybody that signed up for their it low, so low true. value membership. Yes. Yeah,
1: And because we never know where, Ray's going to pop up. Ray, do you have that's something right. to say about
2: having a membership and never showing up?
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's happened to me.
2: I think all of us, right? That's how. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they probably make their money.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Ray, do you have any questions for Jeff? Uh,
4: I have one question. Your name, Max Strength, it kind of implies bulking up, but that's not what
0: you're talking about, is it? No, absolutely not. 60% of our clientele are females, and females, the one thing that they don't want to do is bulk up. Well, that's a big myth in the strength training industry. So here's the thing. We are all suffering from sarcopenia after the age of 30, and that is the wasting away of muscle tissue and mass. We lose muscle tissue mass and strength about 3 to 8% every decade after 30, and after 60, it about doubles. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, what's the big deal? So, we should all be bodybuilders, if you will. And I don't mean Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just mean keeping the, that lean expensive tissue on our body because when we add that muscle back to our frame, we increase our metabolic rate, the rate at which we burn through the calories we put in our mouth. We increase our energy. We increase the stability, mobility, and flexibility around our joints. We increase, increase our cognitive function. Um, We can help stabilize blood sugar and cholesterol, we can help um, reverse type 2 diabetes, we can increase bone density. All of those things come from high-intensity strength training. There's so much research out there now that it's finally starting to support and the the validity of what we've been doing for the last 20 years, it's great. You know, my director of training, Brian, says everybody should be lined up out the door because everybody needs strength training because if you don't use it, you will lose it. And when mm-hmm. you decrease your strength, you decrease your function, and then your quality of life suffers. that's where we come in. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So well, I love that. I, I, I need know. that. I need that. You're right?
1: I we love that be if,
0: strong and functional.
1: Yeah. 20 minutes, two times yeah. a week, and I don't have to do any kind of hot yoga or 80-degree
2: <laughs> place that makes me want to faint the moment I walk in. Nope. I mean, or, or have to wear a cute outfit with everybody else in their cute outfits, right? No,
0: you, know? no, you can wear whatever you want. I, we don't care. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, we could go all the way down the rabbit hole with these yoga outfits, you know, wearing them to Costco, and then everybody wonders, uh, did you really come from the gym, or are you just right.
2: wearing that <laughs> right you know you know i do want to shout out to your website because i was on your website playing around and 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 what many times what happens with brands they don't really have like a built out website or it's mm-hmm. just it's it's all marketing i love it because yours has a lot of value add I and mean, i i even downloaded an article on sweep yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so I really like that. That's probably part of also the clientele that you're going after. Yep. Yeah, So,
0: and I appreciate that. Thank you for that, by the way. So we do a lot of content education for our clients, and that's what our franchisees will get done for you. So talk about marketing. So when our clients sign up, and anybody can go to maxstrengthfitness.com and they can opt in for our newsletter, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, you'll get a short and sweet email from me. We create that. Um, it's always value-add, but they only take a couple minutes to consume, but they're things that clients can take immediate action on to help improve the quality of their life, like sleep, or meditation, or mindfulness, or nutrition, or flexibility. It might be anything. A lot of times it's not about exercise, because we handle that in-studio, so we take a very holistic approach to overall wellness and fitness, so that is something we, in every Saturday, we do a motivational inspirational video, so we have tons of content, and all of that is done for you for our franchisees.
3: Jane, wow.
1: well, let me tell you, I was just at the Selling Franchises Boot Camp down at the Titus Center for Franchising in Palm Beach last week. And the entire session was really about building your brand story. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. you've done a really great job with it. A lot of it talked about content, social media marketing. I mean, and this is great. You have all this content that is really going to help drive your brand. So I wish you all the luck in the world. And Thank I'm you. hoping next year around this time we talk to you and you've got, you know, 50, 60 units.
3: That would be great, and one in <laughs>
2: Illinois, And Chicago.
3: Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. It might be us,
2: awesome,
0: Karen. We might have to do it. It's just a matter of time. I mean, it'll get there.
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: we know how to raise the money, right? We just yeah. have to to it. Yeah, and <laughs> find like 30 extra hours a week to do it yeah. All Right, exactly. <laughs> now, Between the two of you, so you only so
0: need 15. So there
1: you go. We'll have those There up. you go. All yeah. right, uh-huh. Ron. Thanks so much. <laughs> have so, a wonderful day. You,
0: My thank pleasure. You. Thank you, guys.
4: 50 graduates resulting in seven new franchisees owning eight franchise brands, more than a dozen skilled graduates who are employees of franchise companies, all of them having earned a concentration in franchising exclusively granted by the Titus Center at Palm Beach Atlantic University, plus more than 80 franchise professionals on our advisory board, the Titus Center for Franchising is on fire in West Palm Beach, Florida. What do you need to join us? My students want to hear from you. They may even want to buy your franchise or work for your company, TitusCenter.com.
1: And again, I just told you what a great week it was down there. And uh, I want to make sure everybody understands, if you're thinking about uh, just uh, Max Strength Fitness brand or any other uh, franchise industry or brand, please let us know at pillarsoffranchising.com. We're happy to help you navigate through the FCDs, all the operations manuals when the time comes, and anything else in terms of funding, uh, legal and accounting, all those things that you have to do before you can open a business, particularly a franchise business. So, you can find the, the uh, information at pillarsoffranchising.com, and where it says um, – what's your dream or i forget the exact term it says what does it say turn on there i don't remember anyway something about your dream forgive me um we will for sure get in contact with you they're laughing at me (laughs) that's okay uh also want to remind you tomorrow well i can't speak today tomorrow i will be speaking with john cohen who is a multi-unit owner and also was a franchisor and we're going to be talking at our lunch and learn at noon about four tips that you have to have if you're going to be a successful franchisee. So join us then. And I'd like to thank everybody for helping us out with the show today. Jerry Akers, who's off at a great Clips convention. Next week is going to be at the Joint Chiropractic, and then he's going to be off to IFA. We can never keep him in one place. Karen Kinsey-Ford with Dale Carnegie. Ray Piller, who's in the bus nonstop. Glad to know that you're going to be here in Chicago experiencing the same lovely weather as I am. Uh, And Fred McMurray, our producer, who makes sure that the uh, show runs smoothly. Not me. I'm not smooth. But Fred is smooth. So we'd like to thank you all. We hope you join us again next week for yet another exciting episode of Pillars of Franchising. Remember that we are your resource for franchising success. And your dream starts here, which is what the forum says on our website. Have a great night.
3: I see.